A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey everyone, the third issue of the WrestleTalk magazine is now available. Head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. We've got a great issue this month featuring our reviews of the Royal Rumble, Wrestle Kingdom 10 and Raw 25, including the WrestleTalk crew counting down their top 25 moments of Raw history. So head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support WrestleTalk, because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swift Nation. We're taking it back. How the devil are you, Oliver Davis? I'm doing excellent because our spoon of the day is one of my favourite things. Well, I don't think I've ever used this. I've used more of a a scooper, but it's a coffee spoon. Mmm. Mm. Cool. Yes, that is, uh, we're up to we're up to coffee spoon now. It's we're not re- done with the C's. It's really funny because you and I uh, were on a bit of a tight schedule today because uh, the this episode may seem shorter, and that's because the studio was double booked. Mm-hmm. We had to get in and out more or less, so we had to do it within an hour. But thankfully, there was nothing to talk about with SmackDown, so we managed to get it in that hour time frame. Uh, but I guarantee we'll... you people are still going to say, why don't you ever talk about SmackDown? <laughs> Short changing it. Yeah, because there's nothing. they give to... us stuff yeah, to exactly. talk about, we will. to say. Um, I was just thinking, because I was writing up my weekend video, how good was SmackDown? Like, this time last year. like It was okay this time last year. I still... It was much better. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, the gold bit of SmackDown was really the about six months before this time last year so you at the start of the brand splits yeah but it it took it took a couple of it took like two months to find its feet mm-hmm. and then that whole time when the main event of raw was just rollins reigns owens and jericho every week smackdown was this just bright spot in wwe maybe a wrestling company can only book 
two mainstream promotions well at any one time yeah maybe that's what it is mm. maybe that's just what it is um but yeah well you know so we're a little <coughs> bit short change but we needed to come in here and talk about you know do the intro and outro but you want yeah. to try and keep these short as well so i would say let's not waste time with frivolities not of spoons waste time because, on the spoons well because i mean we've picked a bad week a to pre-record our monday episode so we couldn't talk about you know other stuff on uh, the monday because we actually talked about that previous thursday mm. But on this one as well, because we've got so much to talk about. We, we're anecdotes are plenty. Anecdotes are plenty. I had quite the weekend. You and I both saw Black Panther. I've got a heck of an anecdote about Black Panther. So have I. So we've picked a terrible week I've for this. I've got two anecdotes about Black Panther. Do you want to? Do you want to do yours now? Well, mine. Yeah, well, mine is very short. Do I know it? No, I didn't. I've been oh, wow. purposely saving this. I told you both of mine. So I'm gonna have to pretend to be interested. So I um I had a particularly bad screening of Black Panther. Struggled to find mm. a cinema where I could get a seat anyway because it was just sold out it's everywhere. A popular movie. Popular old movie. Two hundred and fifty million in its opening weekend. Yes, please. Um, so I struggled to find a place. To- Struggled to That's find. Weird. Yeah, it's a John Robbinsism. Uh, I've struggled to like find a, a cinema that was doing it. And then we got in. The people next to me, they were like teenagers who were on the, going to the cinema without their parents. So it was just like mm. a cool thing for them to do, exciting things. So they were very giggly and you know just skittish and annoying. Loads of jokes about adverts. Like yeah. they'll make a joke like, oh that's stupid. Yeah, yeah or yeah, just like start like laughing because, you know, for whatever reason. I've been there. And I've I, been that teenager. Couple of well, yes, so have I. Mm. Couple of guys uh, behind us that were also very annoying. Uh, there was a guy that was just, like to the front and to the right of us that just kept getting up out of his seat, which was just in- annoyingly distracting. He got up like every ten or fifteen minutes and would just like leave, then come back. Could have a bladder problem. Poor uh, guy. Well, that's what I assume it was, but he mm. was very distracting either way. Um, at least he picked an aisle seat, I suppose. Yes. Bless his heart. But the most egregious of this was literally as the film started. Your wife. Yes. Gets her phone out, just starts having a loud just conversation. Starts WhatsApping, starts Instagram storying where she is. I think Instagram story is that a thing? Like you don't know. I what don't know that what an is. Instagram story is. My wife is on Instagram. Yeah. But I don't know what an Instagram story is. It's it's like what they have on Facebook, I think. I don't I don't really do any of the social medias. Mm. But Instagram is is so so predominantly women user user base my uh, my wife fascinating. uses my wife actually uses it as a, a food diary she mm. essentially just takes photos that so she doesn't have to write things down she just takes photos of everything she eats puts i don't know 50 hashtags in there and away she goes by the time that last hashtag's written food's cold <laughs> sorry i'm interrupting your story but yeah so as egregious the, example as the film started literally like the marvel logo I love the new Marvel. So logo. cool, isn't it? it? Just like I think it's over, and then it gets into another gear. Anyone who tells you it's too long, no. is wrong. It should be longer. <laughs> dun, dun, like with more instruments. <laughs> what are they going to do in the next phase? I want the next one. I just want it to be Kevin Feige's face, just like or just a big shot of Kevin Feige <laughs> giving a thumbs up, but with the music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun. Or Kevin Feige going into every studio that turned him down for the MCU, mm-hmm. like almost like a, you know Beatles style, going into every record like record studio that threw them out. That anyway, so this egregious uh, issue we'll we get had. there. The film had just started. These two teenage girls came in, quite loud. Anyway, so the film's already started. You're like, mm. all right, you, you're late to the cinema. Just find your seat, and you know, and get on. They came in, 
didn't like turn their phones on to use the uh the, like the brightness of a screen to find their seats yes. they put the torches on mm. their phone and then stood at the first row and said what letter do you think this is and i was like i mean i know cinemas might be a bit wacky but i would assume it's a it's not webdings no i would just assume that it's a took them a little while to work that out then <laughs> it turns out they were in row d so did they turn their torches off? No. They used it to light their way mm. up to D. And then it was the two seats behind me. So it was like D12 and D13. And so they stood there, didn't turn their torches off, just said like, oh, I think you're sat in our seats. To you? No, to the people behind me. Right. we were in row C. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we, we think you're in our seats. Quite loudly as well. I, I, I'm doing a whisper. They were not whispering, nor were they turning off the flashlight. Mm. And... Um, and they were like, no, we're not. Like, we're in our seats. She was like, no, no, look, I've got like D12. Is that D12, D13? Flashing a light onto it. And he's like, yeah, no, that's the seats we're in as well. And she was like, no, it's sat in our seats, sat in our seats. And then kind of made a bit of a song and dance about it. Her friend was like, well, let's just go sit over there. Let's go sit over there. So it's a packed screen. Maybe there's just some sort of, like, error. So they went and sat in their seats. Two minutes later, they've got up, walked out. They'd gone to the wrong bloody screen and oh just stood God. there, caused the disruption. I missed a good five minutes of, of Black Panther because I couldn't concentrate. That's ca- that's character development that you're missing out on. I know. Oh, it was infuriating. I you, man. I, uh... oh, it was so annoying. It, it was the flashlight that was the first annoyance. Then the fact they didn't even need to be there was just, oh, Cherry worst. on top. Was You're just worst. seething there. I was. As a polite Englishman. And I didn't say a word. Mm-hmm. And I should have said a word because they kept, when they were flashing the light round, kept hitting me in the eyes, in the eyeballs. I uh, Mine's nowhere near as bad. I saw three billboards last night. BAFTA winning best film, three billboards. Oh, yeah, that one of the BAFTAs. And uh, I, went, I watched it live. Someone came in. The live, the pre-recorder. 40 minutes into the film. Hmm. And they stayed there. And I just... I wasn't angry. I was just confused. I was like, when do you call call it that yeah. you've missed that movie? Well, I had this with... Uh, I went to go see The Purge, the first mm, one, yeah. and uh, I went on my own because I'm cool and I often used to go to the cinema on my own. I was literally the only person in the screen. Uh, and I was in there, and about 20 minutes in, someone walked in, and I was like, oh, man. I was kind of looking forward to just having this entire cinema to myself. They sat there for about five minutes and then got up and left. I think, again, they'd walked into the wrong screen and thought, this is a very long advert. This is a very cinematic advert as well. And when they leave, Luke unzips the trousers again. (laughs) Because nothing gets me off like a Purge movie. Like a very good concept, but arguably poorly executed horror film. (laughs) And very good concept that they found their feet with with the second movie. (laughs) So... Uh, we will have more inane <laughs> Black Panther cinema anecdotes after the whole podcast in the outro. And me drinking a lot. Uh, and Edizzle27 writes, Review! Recently started listening to the show. Love your random banter and insight. Thanks. Cheers, Edizzle. Cheers, Edizzle. And we are breaking our five-star review policy. We only read out five-star reviews. But, or one-star reviews. Or one. Don't bring that up. We didn't give their name, uh, but the, we've got. It's because we only get five-star reviews. I. I don't think this is. We're really, not bragging. To be honest, iTunes really just needs a yes or no. Yes. Like review system because no one kind of like no one uses the star rating system seriously. It's either five stars or it's a one star. 
if if you like a podcast or oh, if you if you're given a podcast rating on iTunes you either absolutely love it or you hate it yeah. and you, for some weird reason you've stuck with it so this four star review from I'm not going to read out their name no, no I don't think you should no how dare you Nick Hill 7817 <laughs> uh, they write great podcast you guys should have talked about HBK trolling Montreal when this was left on the 8th of December. Yeah, so, so this is a topic we do not remember. No. I remember what he's talking about, though. Do you? Well, I, I assume it's Shawn Michaels playing Bret Hart's music in Montreal, but coming out and it's Shawn Michaels. Did that happen last year? No, that happened ages ago, while Bret, like, you know, like in mid-noughties. Oh. When Bret wasn't with the company. Why should we have talked about that, then? Maybe we were talking about biggest heat-seeking moments. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to reverse engineer this. Yeah, I was going to anyway, say. Anyway, let's get on with the show. This week's Raw and this week's episode of Wrestle Ramble kicked off with a sublime showing from Seth Rollins over one hour and five minutes of in-ring action, which is the most ever on WWE Raw. Uh, it was... I. So th- this is a seems to be a divisive topic. I personally... As I said in my Raw review yesterday, I loved it. I thought it was unique to kick off Raw with what essentially ended up being a two-hour match. It was uh, six gauntlet matches using the seven people in this Sunday's Elimination Chamber. A few people... Well, not a few people. The the criticism seems to be that, A, there were no stakes on the line. So what is the point? You know, like, tactically, does that should you really be exerting yourself as much like Rollins did when you've got such a big match in just six days time and it was too long like you know people like Raw with more variety a backstage promo here and there so what do, I, I loved it what did you think I, I loved it I, I'm oh. in agreement with you. That's not how this works. Oh, you sorry. to take the opposite position. Sorry it? I thought it was dumb uh, yes. lazy um, like uncreative you um, are stupid, Luke, for saying those opinions. I think Seth Rollins is a terrible worker. I think Roman should have gone the distance and won. Seth just ruins people's careers by injury. That, that's what he does. Yes. And that's why I don't... Why do WWE push him? Mm. Uh, in all seriousness, I did genuinely think it was great. Uh, I loved the, the, the fact that Raw essentially had this 90-minute match, mm. you know, across like the, the first half of the show. Seth Rollins in particular, and I, I, I get the, the the criticism against like why would Seth put himself into this position? Why would he try and go the distance? Why would he wrestle for over an hour when there was nothing on the line? And that is a very valid criticism. Mm. Uh, criticism. However, what I would say is that it's in his character. Last week, his whole deal with Kurt Angle was that like I want this to be Monday Night Rollins. I want. I don't want to just be part of Raw. I want to be Raw. So him trying to wrestle for over an hour, breaking the record for the longest performance in of, of any wrestler in the history of Raw, is well in keeping with what Seth Rollins has always set out to do. And that's why in his match with John Cena, despite the fact that John Cena, you know, could have he should have easily beaten him, Seth was kicking out, and he wanted to. He wanted to keep going. He wanted to break these records. He wanted to show that he should be Monday Night Rollins. So I thought it was a really nice character piece for him. I completely agree. He's sort of on a road to redemption uh, after that promo with Kurt Angle last week saying, like you said, I want to make it Monday Night Rollins. I, I have. It's as if I have fallen in love with Seth Rollins again. This is this this is 
it brings back memories of you know of those shield days that brilliant moment when he just ran down at wrestlemania and you know, everyone's going crazy and all it took was not feuding with the bar anymore yeah but but like i mean <laughs> So, no, it, no, it, and it is really you are like it, it's we were so down on the bar feud mm. not at the start but by the end when it had been eight months we were like ah, i'm done with this now as soon as he stepped out of that he's just got this whole new lease of life on him again but it's it's even with that storyline last summer where he was repairing his relationship with dean ambrose we said at the time this is the best storyline going in wwe at the moment and it really was but it was a story about the shield. It was just a good story. I didn't feel super connected with Seth Rollins. I haven't since he got injured, you know, because when he came back, uh, not the pre-WrestleMania injury, the injury with the match against Kane. Yes. Uh, a lot, and he had to when he was champion. Title. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like he should have come back as a babyface. Yep. And I was, I was waiting for him because, you know, it was on top. He was the main event of Raw for a very long time before that injury. And... He didn't, and ever since then, it's just been, oh, okay, you have gone down to a... You're a main event player consistently, but you're now... You're not going to be a superstar. I just enjoy your matches here and there. To be honest, sometimes I get a little bit bored by your matches. I've seen enough dives. But last week... And and that's while enjoying all of his work, but I just didn't feel like that real connection with him, like I do the a Braun Strowman or a Kenny Omega or a Nakada. But now, after last week and building on it here, all of a sudden I'm like, I, I want to see what Seth Rollins does next week. Now, this is an interesting topic, actually, because someone was tweeting me about this this morning, mm. saying that from a casual fan's perspective, is it then detrimental for Roman to win the Elimination Chamber on Sunday? Because this casual mm. fan's perspective, it might be like yourself, where it's like, look, this guy just wrestled for over an hour. He beat Roman. He beat John Cena. He's like, he's the guy going into this. He's clearly the guy that they're going to be pushing in towards the main event of WrestleMania. Then come Sunday, sorry, mate, it, this is the this is my yard. I'm the big dog. Big dog wins. Big dog goes on to, wrest, uh, to main event WrestleMania against uh, Brock Lesnar. So then... Is that then the, uh, the the casual fan who's then invested this time in Seth Rollins going to be like, ah, well, guess he was a loser then? Yeah, I mean that could very well happen. And but I think there's way ways round it, and the way to do that would be to, you, you know, going back to Royal Rumble when Roman eliminated Seth. You've got that to build on. Seth beat Roman this week at the Elimination Chamber. Maybe a, a disagreement, some shenanigans takes place where Seth is Seth is eliminated unfairly and maybe Roman doesn't help him as much as he should do so you can build because obviously you know unless these steroid allegations come out more uh, I think we're still set for Roman versus Brock Lesnar but after Wrestlemania you know this is this is a good way to build Rollins to go into a Roman feud I agree after April I think that this certainly sets up Rollins to be Roman's first feud coming mm. out of uh, of Mania which is a great feud to go straight into as well it's not like the when Daniel Bryan won the belt and he was put into a feud with Kane like this is a, this is a genuine main event feud there's story there's character and you're, you're sowing those seeds now mm. to pay off down the line after Wrestlemania which I think is a great thing as I've mentioned on the show before I'm a big fan of setup and payoff and this is all set up, and I like this. Seth up. Seth up, even Seth better. Up. Seth it up. Even better. The you, you mentioned about the mainstream viewers getting invested in Seth and being disappointed when he loses the chamber. 
And you, you are right, there is a danger of that happening. So he needs something really big time and momentous to carry on out of the chamber. And I'm trying to think, you know, we've asked because the, the Dean Ambrose storyline has fallen through because Ambrose got injured. So was the Jason Jordan because he got injured. But we talked about, you know, we'd like to see Seth Rollins in the mix with The Miz and Finn Balor over the Intercontinental title. Now, seeing like where he is now, I don't I don't think that's the right move for him. I think he needs to be, you know, upper the car, further up the card, not in the Intercontinental title match. So I think maybe a featured match with Kurt Angle. That's a big yeah, time I, match at Mania. I'm more of a fan of that now. Yeah, I've, and that's the one I was pushing for. Mm. Like, I thought that'd be a really, really great uh, match. It puts him up there in that main event slot because it's a Kurt Angle match yeah. on a WrestleMania. So yeah, I could, I could definitely see them going with that. And I would much rather that than slotting him in with the Ronda Rousey Triple H Stephanie thing, which while would be great for mainstream uh, publicity mm. for him, it's. I think it's because I'd rather see that role go to Braun Strowman. Yes, yeah, because it's 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 stupid, isn't it? It's a stupid pro wrestling match. Yeah. So Braun Strowman is it's stupid. Stu- it's not yeah, stupid, I know. Though, I know. Ronda's a serious legit athlete. You did not see the video package for oh, her on yeah, this. It was legit. Where she was wearing her Bo Leave T-shirt. I know. <laughs> Big Bo Dallas fan, rocking that 2013 NXT scene. That's that's what she wants to show is that she's like one of us. Mm. Yeah, she remembers NXT gimmicks. I've been to PWG shows. (laughs) She tells me in her videos that that crop up on YouTube. I liked uh, Neville when he was known as Adrian. Mm. Or Pac. There we go. Go back even further. Uh, So should we talk about the actual episode of Raw? Yeah. Um, Because this goes very seamlessly with, you know, our main talking point is the first segment of Raw. Yeah, really. This is perfect structurally. Also, housekeeping, we have... uh, The studio's double booked today, so we need to be out of here sharpish, so we can't ramble as much as usual and probably taking up way too much time right now. It's not going to be as long an episode as usual, but don't worry, we'll be back to normal next week. This is not a sign that we're going to be doing shorter episodes for the foreseeable it's just a matter of circumstance yes, today. We don't want to worry people. No. So, yes, the Raw kicked off. The first gauntlet match was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns came down and cut a promo before the match saying, you know, it's all about WrestleMania. I'm going to yep. beat the beast, Brock Lesnar. It was a promo. Yes. Um, I've, do you know who I felt really bad for? Because Seth Rollins then came out here. Um, I feel bad for the revival because Rollins de- left field. because Do- uh, Rollins debuted his new t-shirt which is Monday Night Rollins and it's mm. got the Seth Rollins logo on there just 2 weeks ago the revival debuted their new t-shirt which was Monday Night Revival in the exact same font the exact same style and i just thought well if there's one person here who's actually going to get their t-shirt pushed it's probably Seth sorry there lads your t-shirt's not getting a push anymore. I think everyone should have uh, their own spin on the, you know, because you've got the Kevin Owens show, did, yeah. KO Mania. So yeah, if everyone, everyone has, just... has a brand like kind of paper uh, <laughs> shirt. Everyone just swims in nostalgia. Yeah, so this was went about 20, 25 minutes and it was a, it was a hell of a match. It certainly was. Because I didn't know what was going to come next. I just assumed, I didn't really mind who won this like the like the main criticism was there's no stakes here but it was for what it was it was a very good match between the two 
I really liked it. I really liked this. This was a really, really solid match. Just uh, just great action back to forth. And what I really liked about this is that the storyline they were playing off in this in this opening bout mm. is that these two guys know each other so well because they're S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers. They're like, you know, bezzy mates backstage. So all of the stuff that they were doing was just like, I know what you're going to do next. Mm. I know what you're thinking. And that played off as a really nice dynamic uh, between them. I thought this was excellent. I So my favourite spot of the match was, I can't remember what move it was off of but Roman Reigns just stood up after Seth Rollins oh and did like the No Japan No Cell yeah and like No Japan New Japan No Cell got up in his face yeah No Japan (laughs) Cell got up in his face and they they had a bit I was like yeah come on let's fight yeah this is like violent I think it was off the buckle bomb was it it might have been it was just it it was wonderful and then the finish was a curb stomp was countered into a roll up by Roman but then Seth countered that into another roll up yeah so surprise roll up finish I don't mind here. It protects both guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was great. And then they fist bumped afterwards, which, you know, was okay. Yeah. It was okay for now. Absolutely. But it was it was a good match, but it was made even better in retrospect. You know, if you go back and you watch things once you've seen the larger story, you pick up on, oh, this as a complete package, this was amazing. And then, and I don't do this, because I've broken out the douchebag scale for... Raw. This is only a pay-per-view thing, usually. Mm. I've given Seth Rollins versus John Cena. I sure hope you've kept this over into SmackDown as well. Nope. (laughs) It's not worth it. Four and a quarter stars on the douchebag scale. For Seth versus Cena? Seth versus Cena. Wow. I I loved it. It was really really great like it you know you could make the argument that it became every john cena match you've ever seen where it's just like big move kick out big move kick out but Mm. if there's someone who knows how to do big move kick outs really well it's john cena it's big match john John. and seth just was perfect in his role Uh, there were so many great spots in this particularly when seth could barely stand but he was trying to get the punches in but cena would just kind of like dance around him Bop, just punch him mm. and down to so down go Seth again. It was so brilliantly worked. It was really heelish from Cena. Yeah. But you so it, it's a difficult balance to strike because you, you're allowing Cena to work heel here effectively. The way you said he was just toying with uh, Seth Rollins, leaving him down, going for those count out wins. Yeah. That is not within John Cena's usual character. No, it's not. But Cena is so obsessed with getting that WrestleMania match. Uh, which he thinks the way to do that is by Elimination Chamber. I don't know how this gauntlet match plays into it, but I, the coachman put it over on commentary, come on coachman, that Cena has the long game in mind here. He's got four or five more matches to survive. He doesn't want to exert himself. He's facing a tired man anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pick him off. I'm going to go for the count-out win. So you're allowing Cena to work heel without turning him heel. I thought that was so, so smart. It was so smart. The, uh, I'll tell you what, the only thing that I didn't like about this, one thing I did like was actually um, John Cena debuting some new move, uh, new moves. 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 Uh, like he had him in sort of like a, a crossbody thing and then he flipped him round into a stunner. That was mm. a, a nice little move. But man, a criticism I'll always have with John Cena and it might just be because we've we've watched No Way Out 2004 for the uh, the Patreon podcast. Good plug. Good plug. Um, his STF sucks, you man. Because like, Eddie Guerrero locks in such a great STF in that mm. show. And I wrote in my notes at the time, 
man, that STF rules. And then Cena looked in his STF here and I was like, hmm, this does not rule. This is a very bad STF. It's like he's got it locked because I thought the exact same thing. He's got it locked in and it's almost like the person who's in it could just wiggle out. Yeah. And John Cena would still be there in this static yeah. lock. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and this is not like a hot take, no. though. This has been said to death for, you know, what feels like a decade plus now. He should turn heel. Cena. <laughs> should Raw be three hours? <laughs> but, but, um, but, Matt, it just really stuck with me here. I think it's just because I'd, I'd just watched No Way Out 2004. Hmm. I, like, I've written it in my notes here. This is what Seth Rollins should have had coming back from injury those two years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, I was injured. I exploited myself with the authority. I'm going to prove myself. And that's when the authority, like, you know, I don't want your help, authority. I'm going to prove I'm a good person. I'm going to repair my relationship with my shield brothers. Anger begets anger. And then the the authority would turn on him. But, you know, he could have done that by proving himself in these long matches. And it's just, it's such a shame that is it, we were talking about it yesterday. Mm. WWE, always just a couple of years too late on certain <laughs> things. It's not like they're, they're either they're either on time or years late. Yeah. There's no there's not really a middle ground. Uh, but I I just I really like it. I really so the Wrestling Observer Meltzer and Alvarez criticised the first twenty minutes of this match. Did they really for being sloppily worked? Whoa! For on Cena's part, I didn't I didn't notice it, but they're. Very, it probably was, but it was wrapped up in Rollins' story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that it was just rest holds. You know, what a way to kill a crowd, they say. And apparently there were this is boring chants. Hmm. I don't care. I, th- I thought all those rest holds played within the story of the match, got me more invested. One of my favorite matches from last year was that Akada versus Suzuki match, which was Suzuki submitting, like putting submissions on Akada for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So this was fine. Yeah, but this me. wasn't uh, in New Japan. Oh, God, if this... If this <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. That's, not a, that's another hot take. Uh, but there were just... There were some really good... Particularly the, because the first 20 minutes were mostly rest holds and commercials but I think that works in the story I, I agree because I agree. like Cena's like I don't need to exert myself yeah, here. like yeah. he's already knackered I totally why would agree. I yeah I, I I completely disagree with that there is one thing that like because you know they did all the, these kind of like big moves and kick outs and eventually Seth won uh, I believe it was with a cub stomp right um, I, I believe it's called the blackout I think they called it the stomp. Oh, do they? The stomp. Uh, well, like I think the knee. One of them called it the stomp. Oh, okay. Which I thought was really funny as well because the you mentioned this like it's called the blackout because curb stomp is you know too violent a name. Mm. Roman Reigns got a move called the drive by. Like, come on, yeah. lads. Like, let's you know it's called a spade a spade. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think he won with the stomp. Um, and what I was really hoping for because I was like excellent like he just beat Cena this is a wonderful story they're telling it's been over an hour although they did mention here that um, Triple H had the longest match which isn't technically true because um, Cena and Michaels also wrestled yes, an hour long match in, in uh, London um, I was in England at the very least I what I wanted here was The Miz to come out next mm. I wanted it to be The Miz and I wanted The Miz to just hit him low while the referee was distracted, hit the skull crusher finale, and pin him instantly. Real heat, yeah. A real big... Mr. Raj distracting that, the referee. That's what I really wanted here, because I thought that would put some great heat mm-hmm. on The Miz. I mean, you needed The Miz later on 
for the Braun Strowman stuff, so I kind of get that, but that's kind of where I would I, I wanted to. And even if you did that with Elias, I thought it would have been mm. it would have been great. Yeah, I, I felt so. Uh, Rollins went on to have eight minutes with Elias, uh, mm. and then Elias won. Uh, I I, th- I I agree. I think it should have been over a bit quicker. Yeah, uh, I, because I it was. It's not like it was a good match. It was it was a fine match, Rollins mm-hmm. and Elias, and I was super. I was so invested in Rollins. I was you know I was there with every near fall, but. Uh, if the aim is to build up Elias, I think you can beat Rollins within three minutes yeah. and it not look bad on Ro- Seth because he's just been in Cena and Roman back to back. What like what an extraordinary way to put someone over. Yeah. I really hope they continue this momentum. And Elias looks good as well because Elias can, you know, he's he's beaten Seth. Because if Elias then lost to Seth... That, yeah, that would have been... It's like it's pushing it a bit too far. I thought... It's like when Ric Flair entered one from the number three. Is it number three position? Two, I believe. Is it two? Yeah, it was number two. Yeah, okay. Well, it's like that... Well, I'm al- sure someone will correct yeah. this. It almost works better because it's not number one. Mm-hmm. It's not like the super poetic version of it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't... Like, Rollins winning more than those two huge matches would have wouldn't have been as good yeah, I think it would I have been agree. too sweet yeah I the, the, Mona Smi- the Mona Lisa would have been too smirky uh, but yes uh, so Elias won that match mm-hmm. then we had uh, Finn Balor versus Elias another nice little touch we haven't actually spoken about in mm. this is because Raw was just like wrestle heavy it was, it was wrestle fest 2018 you know for the first hour and a half of this mm. there was no time to kind of break things up with promos and stuff yeah. so what they had were promos up in like the the top corner where you had Cena backstage with Charlie Caruso and I think you had Elias there and you kind of had these people talking about hey so this is you know the, this is why I lost the match this mm. is that and I thought John Cena had a really great interview in uh, in his one I thought he did really well yeah I thought it's, it's a really nice way of present uh, presenting this and I think they should probably try and make that the norm going forward because you know you've got two bits of engagement on the screen there you've got the the interview and the action in the ring Prob- yeah, well the I- problem there Ollie while that is a great idea you can't put words on the screen mm, when yeah, they're in such tiny. A, so small the words won't be you can't see the words have it over the match <laughs> have the wrestlers act out what uh, the, the interview's talking about and emojis mm. everyone loves um, no 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 emoticons no old school <laughs> bits of punctuation so Finn Balor beat Elias next mm-hmm. uh, this was this was fun. I quite enjoyed it. It was a yeah. back and it was a good back and forth match. Mm-hmm. Although there were we want Strowman chants, mm. which I felt really bad for both guys in the ring. It's just you know after those two matches of Rollins and then Rollins' defeat, the crowd were kind of sapped. It's like that tag match following the Royal Rumble this year, the Men's Royal Rumble. Yes, that it was it was a tough act to follow. And the other thing as well from this that I, there was it's kind of not great in the storytelling perspective is that Finn Balor was struggling to beat Elias mm. and they were kind of putting over on commentary that Elias is injured because of the the double base shot sure. so he you know he had like he had his ribs taped up and everything like this and then you just got Finn Balor selling for him for most of the match which doesn't do Finn any favors really mm. even if he did win and then uh we had Balor versus Miz the Miz Taraj were distracting right away i thought this was this was the match i was least into mm mm-hmm. mhm and it's also the match I think left the most on the table because the Miz Taraj are out there. Why the hell aren't Gallows and Anderson out there? Mm-hmm. You bring Gallows and Anderson out there and all of a sudden you've got a, a new dynamic to this very long match that's kind of freshens it up a bit. It feels like a new match because it's three on three. 
Uh, oh, and you don't have to have Galandison out there from the start. You could yeah. have like a Miztourage interference spot and then Galandison come down to mm. just be like, to essentially warn them, don't get involved in the match and then just have them standing around ringside. Like that would have worked perfectly. Yeah, I think it would have been a much better way to to make it more dramatically engaging. And it just doesn't make sense because the Ballad Club are a thing. Why would his mates just leave him out there when he's at a blatant disadvantage? Mm. And it's fine to say yeah. like, hey, you know, I want to go out there on my own and win this. But then when the Mr. Raj interfere, you'd be like, well, we let you go out there mm. on your own, but it wasn't going to work because these two dorks keep interfering. Nerds, I should say. So we're going to come out here and, and, and sort these things out for you. Or sort, you know, sort this outside mm. interference. And uh, my favourite bit of the match, you could have still had. Because, which is when Miz wins, he's happy because he's like, "Yeah, I beat Balor, wicked!" Mm. Oh crap! And his face just drops when he realizes yeah. Braun Strowman's next. Right, oh, and this is such a nitpicky thing. Oh no! He like... realized too soon. It needs the music to hit, and that's when he realizes. So, oh no! Like, I like to. Yeah, I... Maybe it's just because, like, I think of um, uh, Jericho Vengeance two thousand and one when he beats <laughs> The Rock for the uh, for the WCW Championship, and he's there celebrating. And then the glass shatters, and he's like, "Yeah," <gasps> and he just realizes that he's got to have this match straight away. That's kind of what I was looking for. Well, anyway, anyway, Ron, this was this was wonderful. This was very good, and it's like it's it's. It makes it more of a shame that the Galanderson weren't out there for Balor because you look at the first half of this gauntlet match, the first three matches, that's the story of Rollins. Then you have a buffer with uh, Finn and Elias, but then you, you could tell that, you know, that new story, the, a new style with the six man, and then you've got a completely different kind of match at the end. Fun, pro wrestling craziness, Braun Strowman chasing Miz very fast yeah but he runs weirdly like, well, it's like because that. he's so quick he has to like pretend run fast yeah like he has to try and slow himself down but still look like he's running at full speed but he runs yeah he, he runs at full height he doesn't <laughs> lean forward into the run yeah i think that's why it looks a bit odd but uh it's still scary as hell i wouldn't like to be chased up by him and they were running right into technical areas as well. I was yeah. like, there are wires, there are like, there's light stands and everything around there. It just seems dangerous to be running through that. But Braun gets him, and they have they have a fun match, which I it went went a decent amount of time, and I never felt like oh Braun should be beating him now. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a totally fine match, and then uh, Braun hits the skull crushing fin- sorry Miz hits the skull crushing finale. And Braun's kick out is so strong at two, it launches Miz through the, the middle and the bottom yep. rope and onto the Miz Taraj. I, I, and then he beats him with a power slam. There was a great line of commentary from Coachman, come on, Coachman, when they were talking about um, the Olympics. And um, I, I think it was Coachman, it probably was Coachman. But uh, Corey Graves brings up the Olympics and says, like, oh, is there an Olympic game for whatever wackiness Braun mm. was doing? And then Michael goes, like, can you imagine giving him a medal on a podium? And Coachman goes, he would be the podium. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean, Coachman? Great call, Coachman. <laughs> Great call, Coachman. Uh, then Strowman goes up to the ramp, and Charlie, as she started oh, that the was, whole gauntlet. Mm-hmm. I, there was a moment in this I thought would uh, annoy you, which is when Finn was doing his um, interview... Uh, Braun Strowman did his big running drop kick, and Michael Cole essentially just snorted over uh, Finn's interview with mm. like, a, and he did. A, I mean, Grant, in fairness to him, he did apologise. Mm. I think he thought his headset was down, as 
you would hope it would be. He really. snorted. Yeah, because he was laughing at Braun doing the. Um, ah, right, I see. Doing the uh, the drop kick to Miz. That jo- Braun's drop kick is a thing of beauty. It's, it's, well, it's wonderful. Not, it's not beauty though. It's quite. It's just horrible destruction drop kick big man. So there is a um, uh, there's a film uh, Godzilla versus Gigan in which uh, Godzilla does this like big running drop kick thing where he essentially flies across the screen. Mm. Um, I think to hit uh, Megalon while Jet Jaguar is holding him. And it's one of the funniest things in the film. It's a, it's a wonderful little movie anyway. Mm. But every time he does this big running drop kick, all I what see... happens more than once? And it, yeah, oh, you mean no, Braun. When, right. I, when Braun does this drop kick, all I see... And actually, he does do it twice in the film. They literally just use the same footage. But I just see Godzilla just like just skirting across the floor, or skirting across the sky, doing this big old drop kick. Turning into a gif, someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Strowman has an interview with Charlie Caruso at the top of the ramp afterwards. He talks about how the Elimination Chamber fears him. Mm-hmm. He calls Brock Lesnar the Beast Incarnate. Beastie Boy. I mean, if you want to get him over with me anymore, start calling, like, start making Beastie Boy references. Yeah. And then he goes, you know what? Actually, I've got a bit more business to whatever business to finish off some hands to get to yeah and he walks down to the ring and just power slams the Miz to Raj some more and it worked this time it yeah really yeah, yeah. worked this time well it was it worked and it got flat and then he said more you know like shall I do it again and the crowd went really big for it so yep. I'm glad that's getting over because it is good <laughs> but the, good. So sometimes the crowd are weirdly dead for it yeah it's, I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed uh, this opening mm. to Raw this big sort of like hour and a half um, I, I just thought it was a, a great, just a, a great way to open the show. It felt unique. It felt That's different. It. They're not going to do this next week. They're not going to do this next year. I just thought it was a really nice touch, and it did some really great character work for the majority of the people involved. I can understand the criticisms. I don't see them, but uh, but for me, this was a, a killer opening for Raw. I don't think the second half of the show really lived mm. up to what because I was ready like to give this an in or. Like I, I was I was there yeah. so after ready this. after this and I was like all this this hour and a bit has to do now is just ride this wave of momentum and it sadly didn't for me it's well, you mentioned it's unique it the end of this year we'll be looking on oh, what were the best raw episodes the one with the big gauntlet match like yeah. that that's mm-hmm. it's that sort of uh, so many raws just blur into one big yeah. red mass mm-hmm. but this feels so special I, and it's you know record breaking with the whole Seth Rollins thing Really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be... We haven't seen the ratings yet. They haven't come out at the time of recording. Fascinated to see if this actually draws in viewers or keeps viewers. Because the the mindset is, in a lot of wrestling television, that long matches turn away viewers. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's wrong. Because yeah. I like I like the wrestling side of wrestling more than I do the... Uh, but I can also see... For, for We are super specific passionate wrestling fans if the mainstream doesn't want this then ah yeah. <laughs> it's a bit sad isn't it yeah pretty much yeah. So this is where WWE have got to do the balancing act of mm. appealing to those people that like NXT and Ring of Honor and New Japan while also appealing to the the mass markets mm. that just want to enjoy wrestling as opposed to wanting to really enjoy the minutia of wrestling mm. so yeah it's, so we'll a, it's, a, it's a fine balancing act uh, next up we had Jeff Jarrett uh, being announced into the Hall of Fame. Crikey, Jeff Jarrett. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? And when he was announced with the Hall of Fame, and um, Trips put up his uh, tweet saying, mm. like, you know, he's not just a, a, a decorated career man, he's also a, um, uh, a, he's a great promoter. 
And I thought, I made the claim, I was like, I reckon AJ Styles is going to induct him. No. With like the, this guy gave me, you know, one of my first starts yeah. in the in the world. I'm here where I am now because this man uh, gave me a platform to perform on. I think it'll be Road Dog. Well, after watching this video package, it certainly will be mm. Road Dog because this video package essentially says that Jeff Jarrett was a country music singer and that was all he did. He sang that song with My Baby Tonight, that one that Bruce Pritchard loves to sing, and he did nothing else. He spelled his own name. Yeah, and he, a spe- lot. he spelled his own name, mm. but that is all that Jeff Jarrett has accomplished in the world of wrestling. WCW, what is that? that was he like wasn't one shot. I was like, yeah, yeah, a couple of shots in there. No mention of him being a former WCW champion, no mention of his stuff that he did outside of. Of, of WCW or anything like that it was very much just like a he was that comedy goofball that spelled his name and carried a guitar come on slap nuts away we go well it's I wouldn't I didn't expect them to reference TNA no I'm not, so. not uh, referencing TNA but just talking about how like Ivory they did a like a, a career retrospe- like, respect, like, retrospective they kind of said here's how she started then she did right to centre here's the storylines that she did Jeff Jarrett was literally just like he's that country singer lad and he's going in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. They said, like, Kofi Kingston was saying he was one of the best heels in the business. Uh, Road Dog said one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. Could have been used for any... They might have yeah. been um, sound bites used for the Honky Tonk Man's um, uh, Hall of Fame induction that they just haven't done yet. I d- I, I thought it's it was not a, a Hall of Fame, as he would say, because he doesn't want to go in the Hall of Fame. I didn't mind it. I did, because I didn't expect anything more. I was just more shocked. The news broke earlier in the day. Uh, because that was the rumour that was the most outlandish Hall of Fame rumour when Meltzer first reported it I was like that's not Mm. happening surely but um, have you seen the video that's gone round I shared it yesterday on Twitter because it really made me chuckle but when they come back after the video there's like the people in the front row the guy clapping and his girlfriend just goes like who was that guy? Yeah. So Melting, funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we had Asuka coming down for an in-ring interview with Renee Young. They loved their in-ring interviews this week, or, or top of the ramp stuff. Uh, unfortunately, this was to their detriment here, because yeah. Asuka's English promo wasn't... I mean, it, was, it seemed like a bad script, and it was badly delivered. This was not a great night for Asuka, but you okay, man? Well, no. Well, here's the thing: is that like I've seen a lot of people online making fun of the promo, and I think that's unfair because it was it, a bad promo. It was a bad promo, but the people to be held accountable. This it's the same with suffering Succotash. The people to be held responsible for that line are WWE for making him say that mm-hmm. line. They should also be held responsible here for making her do a promo, a, a relatively long promo in English which isn't her first language, it's not her strongest language, compare that to when she was just cutting promos in Japanese, awesome. which we said were, were awesome, mm. and it just made her feel really fiery. Here she has to focus on the words that she's saying, she forgets her line, she stumbles across things, and the crowd can't get into it. I just think it's it's a stupid, stupid thing to make her cut promos in English if she can't do it. It's not effective, no. It's not effective. And then Nia Jax snuck up on her, and they they sort of went back and forth for a bit, but Nia Jax got the better of her with three leg drops. Yeah, three leg drops. So, ooh, that's there's a pay-per-view match this Sunday. There certainly is. I thought this was the weakest of the... I know this was the first time they've collided since their match together, but it wasn't the hot go-home angle I was hoping for. No, I, I yeah. yeah. And I think the, the promo really hurt that. 
Uh, yeah. Ronda Rousey was next up with a video package. This was... A second video package. This was awesome. This was a good... This was good, a great video package. It really sort of got her over as this mainstream star. You got her on Jimmy Fallon and mm. the other guys who <clears throat> the host. They all look the same, don't they? Yeah. In their suits. problem with this is that Charlotte did essentially say, the great thing about Ronda Rousey is she's a star. Mm. And I'd be like, guys, you're stars as well. Let's let's all like act like we're on the same level here. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know what you mean. But the seeing her uh, actually train, they're mixing in the wrestling training with judo training. Uh, it it was it was a nice, effective video yeah, package. I liked this a lot. Titus Worldwide then beat the bar, presumably because we need some more matches this weekend. We need a buffer match. Yeah, and this is it, I guess. Or um, a pre-show match. Or oh, well, yeah, because you've got to have your three-hour pre-show, so you've got to have something on there. So I'm guessing it will be um, uh, Titus Worldwide against the bar for the titles this time. I thought this was fine, though. I thought yeah, it's it wasn't none of the stuff on the second half of the show was bad. Even the Asuka versus Nia Jax thing, I just didn't think it was. It was just like average or a little bit below average that particular segment. Everything else was just normal raw, but the first half was so good, or the first two thirds even were so good that uh, that this stuff looks worse than it is. Yeah. Um, also, I think we're just forgetting that uh, the bar beat Titus Worldwide. After they won the tag straps, mm. they did have this tag title match. Yeah. I think we're just meant to forget that happened. And the storyline is that what Titus Worldwide have their number and keep beating them. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's... Uh, yeah, because the, they they beat them twice heading into Royal Rumble and then the bar won the belts and this, this set up that match. They should have just kept it Kept it off them. Well, but I guess they didn't know where Jason Jordan was going to play mm-hmm. into things. Yeah. Uh, although he was meant to go into the chamber, so he was never programmed with the bar anyway. Who knows what goes on in the writing room? I enjoyed Dana Brooke a lot as the chairleader at ringside. She's great. So great. She's, re- she's really found the role. Yeah, well, That's I, always, good. I yeah. always thought she was great on the outside anyway, because when mm. she was teaming with Emma in NXT, she was one of the best things of Emma's matches, was just get, walking around the outside talking trash. She's really good in that role. I like her, I like her I, as Charlotte's uh, protege as yeah. well. Uh, so this was this was perfectly fine. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy had a promo next. I've written here, Bray cuts a spooky promo, mm. Matt cuts a woken promo, they talk nonsense. Yeah, uh, Matt said they've been their souls have been feuding for eternity. Yeah, cool. You remember you uh, made that point about how the Miz is a great promo, but his uh, promos don't make you invested in matches. Mm. That's how I feel here. I'm, yeah. These are perfectly fine promos, but I have zero interest in actually seeing them have a match. Yeah, Bray Wyatt. I've been conditioned to not listen to what he says, although he says stuff and words very well. Uh, I it just just doesn't go into my head, and now I'm I could not believe this has happened with Matt Hardy who has one of the most distinctive deliveries with his broken and woken character. It's happened with him as well. Yeah. It just washes over me. I'm just, okay, teeth. I can see teeth. He's laughing now. It's over. Right. That's no <laughs> so they have set up a match for this Sunday as well. Yeah. So a lot of, so we only had three matches before this week's episode of Raw. And they've had to fill out the rest of the card on the go home show. Well, that's what we figured, really. Mm. Like this is—it's not good practice. It, no, but this is a um, a pay per view that is sold on um, the two elimination chambers sure. and NASCAR Jacks. Like that's your your, your uh, the ones that are going on the poster. Everything else can just be filler. You could have mm. just done it on the night. So that women's elimination chamber match, the go home angle for that was Sasha Banks, Mickey James, and Bailey versus Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, and Alexa Bliss in a SmackDown Live special. Yes, very good. Uh, the it, it just 
Alexa Bliss and Mickey James were kind of pairing ahead of this. I know that was the story of the end of the match, and I guess throughout the match because Bliss didn't want to face James. Uh, but the real, the real stuff here for me was why would Bliss team with the Villain Rose, and why would Banks and Bailey work completely fine together, considering what's happened since the Royal Rumble? I, I just thought this wasn't a, this wasn't as good as it could have been. I, for me, the biggest problem I had with this match was that there was no implications behind it. Like, mm. if this, if they, you, this is going to be your main event of the show, then ha- then say that whoever scores the pinfall goes in last uh, in yeah. the chamber, or, or the winning team get the last three, three entries. Yeah, like something like that, just to make it. Because then you've got people trying to fight over pinfalls. Like, mm. if you, especially if you do like whoever scores the pinfall goes in last, you kind of make a bit more of a scramble. People want to be in the match. People want to be tagged in and out. You kind of create a bit of a storyline in it. As it was, it was just a match. And not a particularly great one either. I I like Mandy Rose, but she was not good here. Mm. She had a really bad night. Sonya Deville is now the best part of their act, I think. Especially because Paige just feels like a third wheel in absolution. It's awkward. It's so awkward because they're not having a cut promos for them. And she's not affecting them outside mm. or you know or helping them on the outside she's not interfering in matches so she's just there and i know that's not her fault but she does feel like the third wheel and particularly right at the end when them they kind of like they laid out um deville um and mandy rose Paige just rolled into the ring acted like nothing like mm. she completely no sold this attack she wasn't she didn't look concerned for you know the people that she's meant to be mentoring she just came in the ring and was like uh oh, okay yeah. yeah, it is. It, was, it is weird. I, that I, she's out there. I didn't really like this match at all, and I thought it was a really damp ending mm. to the show. And that's why I've, I, and I think that's why I've, I'm, I feel like I'm lesser on Raw than you were because I loved the first two thirds so much, but this this second, well, the last third, really, really let the show down. I think yeah, it was just it was just average. But that first two, first two thirds, wow, brilliant, was, was so good, so good. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. <laughs> this episode of the Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you will get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a bonus monthly podcast where Ollie and I review pay per views from wrestling's past. Last month we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom 10, and this month's show will be No Way Out 2004, a true feel-good pay-per-view where Eddie Guerrero won the WWE Championship. And we have just announced that $10 plus backers will get access to a brand new exclusive Patreon podcast, Ramble Club, where Ollie and I will review NXT, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all that comes in between. We've revamped our entire Patreon reward system, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, we said we had to get out of here quickly because of the studio being double booked. And yeah, luckily, Smackdown has literally nothing to talk about. So we we should be able to do this in a couple of minutes. We should be able to get through this fairly quickly, yeah. AJ Styles kicked off the show uh, talking to Renee Young. And at at the start, I thought, ooh, they're they're sort of playing up to the crowd because Renee Young started to do the interview but the crowd just wanted to chant AJ Styles and AJ got up onto the rope. And I, mm-hmm. I like that because that doesn't really happen these days. You don't just get Rena Young going... having an open baby face. Yeah. Duly noted your <laughs> chance. Now we will proceed with our scheduled programming. So that was cool. But then that was the last bit of originality in this Well, no, that because like, so they were chanting AJ Styles. AJ played that up. They then wanted to do a two sweet chance, which they could have played up. But Renee was just like, "Nope, I'm bulldozing mm-hmm. through this. We need to get this promo done. We've got a we've got a schedule to hit. Let's. We're, I'm just going to talk over it." Duly noted. <laughs> so uh, AJ cut. I mean, the content of the promo was good and the delivery was okay, but it wasn't anything special. It got worse, mate. I've just a yeah. With the Owens, Jay. The But AJ would walk around and say, you see that spot over there? You know, I could be beating someone up over there and someone else will win the match over here. It's yeah. a five-person match. What's going to happen? Uh, yes. Yeah, and then uh, Baron Corbin came out and he didn't really say much. And then Kevin Owens came out and then we had this joke that we sort of alluded to moments ago where AJ Styles said, oh, Kevin, um, how, what happened to that boil on your back? And the crowd just did. A crowd not responded. Like there was absolutely nothing. And then he was like, "That ball on your back, you know, Sami Zayn." Crowd just didn't react at all. It's and it's the Asuka thing all over again. If you give someone terrible stuff to work with, it just makes them look like an idiot. And it makes them look like utter goofballs. And yeah. this this was dreadful. This was really bad. Kevin Owens was like, "Oh yeah, good joke, AJ." And I'm there agreeing with the heel. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's sarcastic. Yeah, that was that was rubbish. That joke did suck. It's so juvenile. It's and it's not even. It's like something you'll get in a kids' book. Mm-hmm. And I can't. But like, if I were to read that as a kid, I wouldn't have found it funny. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, really, really 
I don't know what the word is. I want it. It's a mixture between juvenile and patronising. It was juvenising. It was like. Do you remember when um, Patrovile uh, Cena was feuding with JBL? And um, they were kind of playing up to the fact that uh, John Cena is this like PG icon. Mm-hmm. So they started to make fun of the fact he was a PG icon. So he spray painted on JBL's car, JBL is poopy. Because that riled up internet fans being like, oh, John Cena's yeah. such an idiot. Like, you wrote childish things. Like, yeah, that was the point. It was meant to rile you up. Like, this wasn't designed to rile anyone up. This was mm. just designed This was designed to be funny. And it wasn't funny. It's a... Uh, I'll defend Poopy. I'm, I'm going to say oh, Poopy's funny. Well, uh, it was... Yeah, yeah that worked. Uh, but Boyle, <laughs> Boyle. Yeah. So anyway, moving and on. Because Boyle in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is great. We're, we've uh, a different we've, kind. We've devoted too much time yeah. to this already. Shame at man comes out to say the name of the place. <laughs> yep, comes out to sweat and then books uh, two matches. Yeah, there you go. And that was Brilliant. the that was the opening. And uh, the first of those was Kevin and Dolph Ziggler. Dolph still has his silly entrance where record the scratch. record scratch hits. Then there's a massive amount of silence, so no one can react. And then the music plays. And it mm. almost feels like the commentators are waiting for the music because then they go, and there it is. Okay, yeah, here comes Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I don't know if he's meant to be a face or a heel still. I think and a it's baby not, face. And it's not like they're doing a slow, interesting morality change. It's it's just a boring thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, this is such an uninspiring show. It's difficult to talk about with any engagement. <laughs> okay, peeling the curtain back here a little bit, uh, viewers. Ollie and I had quite a lengthy discussion about what to title the SmackDown review yeah. this week uh, because I texted you this morning and I was like, there is nothing to say about this show. Like, nothing happened on this show. And do you want to say your original title? The original title was Matches Added to Fastlane. Big matches. Big matches. And I was like, oh, we can't get away with that. <laughs> can't get away with okay. that. We found the line. We found the line where things CM are. CM Punk big. Bullet Club Return. Fine. Teases that we that we can Club that we Return. can go with. But and I did say it was like this title sucks, but it's big. This is all that happened. Yeah. Big matches were announced for for Fastlane, and they're not even that big. Yeah. So <laughs> just uh, matches announced. So Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler were the first match. Uh, the ad break. Few big kickouts. I liked. I liked it by the end. I yeah. thought it was a pretty decent match, and it got really. I thought it got very good by the end. I really enjoyed some of the kickout spots. I enjoyed like the the the, the sent on into the knees, mm. and you know a couple of kickouts of the the famouser and the zigzag way to get those moves over. But you know, I thought it was fine. It was Dolph trying to have a pay per view match in five minutes, and it didn't quite get out of second gear. But I, I enjoyed it for the for the most part. But I, at this point here, I'm just like Dolph is in this position because he's the third highest paid guy in the company or whatever it is. If those reports, if those reports are true, uh, I I just I was never invested in it, and it might be because I don't know who these people are. like. I know what Kevin Owens is, but there's the thing happening with Sami Zayn. Is am I meant to side with him or what's going on there? It's not the Kevin Owens that I like uh, and that I want to boo. And Dolph Ziggler is just this non-entity since he's come back. And is he a heel or a face? So I didn't... The the story I didn't get invested in, the characters I didn't. The finish was Sami Zayn's music hitting and distracting Dolph. Where Owens, to his credit, hit a horrible-looking kick to the back of Ziggler's head. Yeah, and Ziggler sold it like only he can, which yes, is just like he just, just ragdolls and just falls down. And Ziggler's so good at doing mm. that. And that kind of led later on, there was a backstage segment between with Kevin and Sami. And this clearly wasn't like a plan. They didn't orchestrate this. But Sammy's now saying like, hey, I want to be your guardian angel again. And they hug. But Owens is looking like a little bit trepidatious about mm. this hug. 
not maybe believing not believing Sami Zayn's intentions because Sami literally said like we can take these three guys out and then I will lay down for you in the ring and you can pin me and be- and become the WWE mm. champion. Um, you mentioned there that you like you don't know this is not the Kevin Owens you like. That's because the Kevin Owens that we liked they've taken away from us because for some reason they wanted to split up the uh, the Kevin and Sammy act. Mm. And this uh, this now feels like yeah we are still splitting this act up needlessly. It's it's so strange because. Kev- we know what Kevin Owens' character should be either psychotic killer or ridiculously friendly to one person you know with the like the Sami Zayn or the Kevin Owens acts uh why would you make him the face of America in a suit? <clears throat> Why would you de- tease dissension between Zayn and Owens at this early stage in their partnering? Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's really, really not engaging. Uh, Zayn's playing everyone ahead of the five way. It's not the story I would tell. Why, why don't you tell this two person unit against the other three people who also hate each other? I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh god, and, and then just seeing what's next. I was gonna say, and then like this is where I realised that this was not going to be a great episode of SmackDown Live because the next thing we had was Jinder Mahal coming out for a promo. So we've just had a long AJ Styles mm. promo with people coming out. Now we've got a long Jinder Mahal promo with people coming out. It was this this was not great stuff from Jinder and I loved him last week. Yeah, it I was thought very he was good last so week. good last week. Here on the other hand, he, he came out and he said, uh, I've got uh, some a shocking shocking bit of news to reveal. And that shocking news that I will reveal now is this shocking news that I will now reveal. And it just dragged it out for as long as possible, put it up on the screen. Turns out that he's unearthed Bobby Roode's top 10 or his 10 list uh, for, for the SmackDown Live top 10. And he put himself at number one, which you're not allowed to do. And Randy Orton wasn't on the list. Now, I will say some positive things about this segment. Because be quick. Because Bobby, it won't take me long. Bobby Roode came out and he danced around Jinder's questions like a sneaky politician, a politician who has been caught with his trousers down. And they were like, hey, "Okay, here's what you've said, but is this true?" Mm. But he refused to answer those questions, answering as diplomatically as possible by saying, "Like that's not what I said." He was like, "Do you respect Randy Orton? You're putting words into my mouth." And I like this because it, it, it kind of maybe mm. plays up a more of a heelish angle for, for Bobby Roode, plays into the, the feud that he's got going with Randy Orton. That bit I liked. The rest of the segment was not so great, though. It's just when he revealed the top ten list, the, I've never never heard a crowd so sucked of energy. Well, do you know what I was expecting? I was fully expecting him to say, he's Canadian. Like oh. that, that was going to be his big shocking thing. Your champion of the United States is Canadian. So is Jinder. But that's, <laughs> that would have been that's, brilliant. That's where the comedy is. That's, that's I thought that uh, would have been much better. Yeah, that would have been good. Or you know, I thought Bobby Roode was every entry. <laughs> yeah. I thought that would have been funnier. But they're not going a funny, uh, sort of likable what Probably, a silly heel oh, route. Oh, Ollie, you fool! Boils are funny. <sighs> that's what that's what comedy is. It was it was really bad, really bad comedy, really bad. Um, like heel motivation and it's all over this I know you're a, you want them to use this top 10 list but oh man it isn't working I don't think there's anything there in this concept anyway at this point and it isn't working at this point I do feel like I'm pushing the rock up the hill yeah. like I want this to work but I am pushing this rock up a hill to make it work mm. I think the rock or to want it to work I think the rock could have that they could have made a rock that had like special wheels and on an <coughs> elevator but they've made a rock that's a giant square or cube rather, and only Brock uh, Braun Strowman can flip that up a hill. Yeah. So 
the the the, the idea of the actual wrestlers voting I, it's just and ha- and having Ty Dillinger at number 10 and all the problems we've already discussed it's really hindered this from ever becoming anything and they're still running with it as a legitimate United States title feud and it only gets worse in the next segments because okay so we'll, we'll finish that segment off Randy Orton came down uh, they attacked Jinder Randy tried to hit the RKO Rude DDT'd him Jinder hit the Colossus and stood tall so, sorry sorry to to butt in here yeah I'm gonna say it Randy Orton's blocked me on Twitter oh yeah <laughs> So you, you texted me about this this morning. I was at mile end when I got the message and I couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi to reply to you to be like, oh my God, why has he blocked you? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just went to have a look on Randy. Someone said, oh, have you seen this funny thing Randy Orton's tweeted? I clicked on it. No, I can't see it because Randy Orton has blocked me. Does this mean now you just can't like, I mean, you didn't like Randy Orton anyway, but can you not I like him? I liked Randy Orton. Oh, what, you mean liked him on the Twitter? Well, no, you didn't like. Yeah, you don't like him as a wrestler. Well, you're not. I think he's a great wrestler when he's motivated. Well, okay. When we keep calling him a dick. No, no, but that's that's a joke based on how he makes yeah. fun of other people. When was the last time you were fully invested in a Randy Orton match? Uh, the Shinsuke Nakamura match. The AJ you were Stars not match. invested in the uh, the uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. That armbar was really cool. I mean, like in the build up. To oh, it. the build up. No, no, yeah. no, not very often at all. This, it was this time last year. Was the Viper and the Family stuff? But in the last couple of weeks, he's been doing all those cool RKO's. Mm-hmm. We've said that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I've done. <laughs> I've I've never. I don't think I've ever been blocked by a wrestler before, to my knowledge. No. Uh, so. I feel a bit sad about that, but carry on. So the point I was going to make was this. Uh, Brian was watching this backstage on a monitor like an actual normal human being, which was a delight to see. But this SmackDown Live top 10 list feels like, especially in kayfabe, is a brainchild of Daniel Bryan. Mm. Because he was the one who announced it. He was the one who revealed the top 10. He was so excited when he announced so it. So excited for the top 10. So when it comes back to him and... I mean, Daniel Bryan, he had a bad night here. Just, like, saying things as flatly as possible with mm. zero emotion, probably trying to act out unemotion uh, Shane McMahon's delivery. I think he's trying to look sad, but it's just coming off as bored. Bored. Mm. Bored is what I was... And they just... They, two of them talked boringly at each other. But Bryan then said, oh, Jinder has uh, stood tall twice, uh, you know, two weeks in a row. Mm. I think he should be in the United States Championship match. And then... Shane McMahon says, "Yeah, but people like Randy Orton, so he should be in the uh, the SmackDown. Uh, he should be in the uh, United States Championship match instead. In fact, that's it. It's final. That's the match I'm making." And I'm like, "But why? Why isn't the top ten being used then? Why wasn't your re- rationalization? Randy Orton came in at number number nine. He should be like, let's tr- let's put him in this match. If Daniel mm. Bryan came up with this thing, why would he put Jinder in there? Jinder wasn't in the top ten, so you're not using this to build matches yeah. at all. You're not using it for anything." Mm-hmm. It's, I'm trying hard to like this. I'm trying hard to like hard. this top ten. Uh, and Shane said Shane had a line like, "I'm booking based on emotion." <laughs> what? <laughs> I yeah. So next up we had oh god man I just forget how I've forgotten everything that's happened on the show already. I watched it this morning, and I'm being reminded segment by segment by looking at my notes. The Riot Squad beat Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch. I must say. I enjoyed the heckins out of Naomi in this match. Mm-hmm. I thought she was really good. thought she did some great dives. I liked the way she was ducking Sarah Logan's punches. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, Becky Lynch got the hot tag on Ruby. Everyone hits finishes, but Ruby pins Becky in the end. Yeah, um, Becky was the most over thing in this match. Um, but they've killed the Riot Squad dead. 
Uh, and there was a moment afterwards mm. as well when uh, Ruby, she beat Becky Lynch and then she said to Charlotte, it was like, one down, two to go. Playing off Charlotte's thing where she's been easily defeating the Riot Squad uh, week in, week out. I'm not very much invested in this and you had this Charlotte cut a promo where she was looking at the screen and not the camera so her eyes look weird in the promo mm. and she said oh Ruby if you want a match I'll bring my title with me and I'm like oh okay so she's like she's laying down a challenge uh, for, for Ruby Riot. then with Ruby Riot's promo which came later in the night she said I want to fight Naomi next week Oh, and Charlotte, if you want a match, I want a title match at Fastlane. You're like, yeah, was this played out of order? It feels like was it was Ruby's played out of order. Was meant to go yeah. first? And yeah. she was going to challenge her for the belt, and then Charlotte was going to accept. That's what I Because it I felt like thought, Charlotte accepted yeah. before the challenge was made. Mm-hmm. Felt very weird. Yeah, yeah, it was no good. Uh, then we had that owens Sami Zayn backstage segment. Then New Day taking on American Beta, which I, I enjoyed, apart from the big o, Biggie intro spiel. Why have they made it longer? Like, I guess they've got to make it longer now because mm. so it fits the Titantron, because the Titantron is much longer now. But it doesn't feel as organic as it used to, and now there's emojis everywhere. Mm, yeah, there's the written text form of... Uh, oh, God, I can't remember any of the... Can you do the whole New Day intro spiel? Ah, uh, insert place name here. Don't you dare be, be sour. sour. Clap yeah. for your world-famous famous ta- four-time champ and feel the power of positivity. Yes, there yeah. you go. With, so with, that's with, all now on screen, yeah. just in case... You you know want to share it on Facebook as a silent gif. Uh, I I it was not as bad as the Usos cage. <laughs> no, but it it's still bad. Such a low bar. Mm. Such a low bar. We don't. We are the low bar. <laughs> Xavier and Biggie were the team here. Uh, they they worked together very well. They they had limited time to to wrestle though. Gable had one hell of a belly to belly suplex. Didn't not he just? the not the belly to belly suplex where you just lift someone up and then put them down. This was Biggie over the top of Chad Gable's head. Sorry, I really chuckled me there where you described Bailey's finishing move. You pick them up and you put them you down. You put them back down. Again. <laughs> yeah. John, John Cena's finishing to move to the left. He yeah. picks them up. And he just places them down. But at least there's a flip involved with John Cena's. <laughs> Bailey's, you're just picking them up and then putting them down on the ground. That's a bit you're of, okay. There's a bit of a turn. It's oh, a bit of an angle a bit on of it. Torque, that vicious <laughs> torque. <laughs> exactly, it's momentum. Mm. Uh, so the finish, however, was interesting. Although it has been seen quite a lot recently, it's presumably going to play into the a larger story. But American Beta seemed to have it won, but Kofi was distracting the referee and the New Day ended up winning. The most shocking thing about this is this was a number one contendership match, mm. but that was re- not really built up. Well, I forgot until you mentioned it. <laughs> so I, it didn't feel like a number one contenders match. However, now we have the best thing on the show for my money. The Bludgeon Brothers came down. Mm-hmm. Eric, the New Day, sold it like they were terrified, squeezing themselves up to the side of the ramp, and Eric Rowan goes towards them, starts to walk. And Luke just puts one hand on his chest and stops him. Doesn't even look at the New yeah, Day. so awesome. They've built up the character dynamics within this team very well. Uh, and they haven't even, well, not recently, cut a promo. Up, up is, is down. down. Down is up. Uh, I, Maybe uh, that was the up, up, down, down. You know, that was the start of this feud. That's it. Way, way back when, they just sowed some seeds. Yeah. But yeah, then they uh, squashed some uh, local competitors. They killed some they, they, jobbers. They, they this did. was great. I thought the Bludgeon Brothers looked so slick and so powerful. And they also looked so fast. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying their offense. Like When they did their scoop slam spots mm. on the outside, so um, Harper scoop slammed one of them onto the floor. Rowan picked up the other one and scoop slammed him on top of his friend 
and then picked up Harper and scoop slammed him onto the other two wonderful stuff yeah. it's so great and the ways Luke Harper psychs up Eric Rowan to do that run into the corner it's getting more and more vicious every week first it was just like a tap then it was a slap I saw it just sucker punched him in the gut this week <laughs> I, and it really feels like it works mm. like it really feels like it angers up Eric Rowan to run faster at these mm. poor lads in the corner but what I I mean my only thing is, is that we've seen them kill jobbers now for weeks on end I'd like to see them kill an, an established team I'm okay for this for the next until after Fastlane. Like you know, I, you're not thinking they're going to get the title shot at Fastlane. No, I think they are. You think they're going to? I wouldn't want to. I w- maybe. I don't think they're going to do New Day Usos at Fastlane. Mm, possibly because when they were doing like the the matches made tonight spiel, they did they announced that it was Bobby versus Randy for the United States Championship and Charlotte versus Ruby for the Women's Championship. They did not announce the Usos versus the New Day, despite mm. the fact that match has been made officially because they uh, yeah. won the number one contention back. I think it'll be uh, the Bludgeon Brothers and Usos. I almost think that's too soon to have that. I, th- I feel like the Bludgeon Brothers should go through American Beta first, or maybe Breeze Ango would be... Oh, no, they've already done that. American Beta, then New Day, then Usos. Yeah, I, well, uh, I, I would like to think that next week... Because I've still got a bit of time before Fastlane's here. That's the my worrying thing about mm. SmackDown in the moment. I think we've got like five weeks till before Fastlane comes. And it can't it's middle come. of March. I don't think it's that long. Is it middle of March? It was a couple of weeks middle then. Of March, still, yeah. even so, it just feels like we've got so long to get there. I'd like to see the Bludgeon Brothers challenge uh, the New Day for their number one contendership spot so they can then face the Usos. And I'd like to see them do like a big, like almost like a cage match at WrestleMania where they're locked inside the Uso Penitentiary for the uh, tag team titles. Um, uh, I yep, think that's yeah. too early for the Bludgeon Brothers. I want to see them build organically but you, to get that title You shot. can't really build them organically when you're just having them kill jobbers week in, week out, because well, it's the, not, it's well, not building mo- anything. But they move on to a proper feud yeah. with uh, an established tag team, but not the title holders. There's enough of the teams on SmackDown at the moment. They're blessed yeah. with a very good tag division. That's what I said. I'd, like to, see, I'd like to see them face established teams now. Yeah, but not for the belts, not for the Usos. No? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair enough. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura video package, because he's not on the show. Nope. And this was a, another really good video package, apart from when they put Rockstar on it for zero reason. Uh, Rusev Day, also not on the show. Mm-hmm. Duly noted. <laughs> AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin was the main event, in which uh, uh, Styles won. Uh, and it was it was pretty good. It yeah, was good. I, I, I am really... I really like Corbin. You're really into Corbin at the moment, aren't you? His deep six was great. Six was great. So many revolutions. Uh, It's like AJ taking the blue thunderbolt. I'm running. AJ's still spinning right now in my head. Uh, I love Corbin's. He did it here. uh, A slide out of the ring when he's whipped into the turnbuckle, but he slides out the ring, gets back in. And AJ turns round just as Corbin whacks him with a clothesline. I thought that was really well executed. And and I really like it when he does that spot because like Mm. it, it's easy for you to get a bit complacent about that spot because he does it in every single match but I, I do like it that they they, too, they try to kind of work the, yeah. work around it yeah. a little bit particularly in this match because there was a moment when uh, Corbin threw Styles over the announcer's table and Styles quick as a flash mm. got up and ran back to him so Corbin on this time wasn't expecting Styles to get into the ring and, and hit a, like a phenomenal forearm yeah and really nice spot and uh, Todd Phillips pointed out that the reason Styles didn't win off that phenomenal forearm the angle wasn't right. The angle wasn't, Corbin was, too, was close. too close to the ropes. Yeah. Appreciated that. Good commentary. Uh, Good call, Todd. The the finish came when Corbin had AJ on the ropes. On the, sorry, on the apron, and Corbin screams, "You can't beat me!" 
Styles pushed him off. Phenomenal forearm win. So I liked that. I, I yeah. thought it was a, a good match. It doesn't, like, I don't expect Corbin to win at first lane at all. No. Like, Corbin is not, this didn't do anything for Corbin's level, but it was an enjoyable match to watch. Mm-hmm. And then KO and Zayn jumped AJ as soon as the match finished. Then Corbin hit end of days on both of them. And so everyone's flattened out. Yeah, it was a show. Bad week for SmackDown. Yeah, Just a bad week good. for SmackDown. But a great week for Raw. Yeah, really good week for Raw. Although uh, we said that, and then as soon as we walked out the studio... You checked your Twitter page and someone had replied to you saying... Literally what we said. We yeah. said there, there must be someone out there who thought that SmackDown was better. I checked my Twitter. There's a reply. I thought SmackDown was much better than Raw. But people don't want to hear about that. They want to hear about Ollie's trip to see Black Panther. Oh, of course. Well, I definitely do. Ollie's trip that Luke's already heard about and will have to fill in guffawing noises as though he's just hearing it for the first time. Somewhat like Michael Cole doing commentary, pretending to be amused. Or I could do what you do and just no-sell things Mm. because people laughing uh, on podcasts is weird. No, it's not weird. It's just I only like genuine laughter. We've been through (laughs) this. And a lot of laughter, I feel, is forced laughter. Not forced, but polite. And that doesn't come across well in radio shows or podcasts. Or at least it gets my goat. So I went to see Black Panther with my good friend... Mario, and uh, it was just us, and it was the day after Valentine's Day, and I thought it would be very funny. I told this on the last podcast to bring him flowers mm. because it would make him very uncomfortable. And I, yeah, I, the sort of thing I like to do. I like to embarrass my friends sometimes. So I walk up to him. I wasn't prepared for how busy it was, and I produced him from behind my back at peak busyness you know when we're in the queue and he goes what the f are those and i said they're flowers for you babes and i reached in to give him a kiss on the cheek he literally shoved me back like there was no there was no friendly relationship here it was like f off yeah (laughs) we're not friends in this moment right now and i was i was sort of taken aback and then he started to laugh I was like, no, no, seriously, they're for you. And he went, no, they're not. And I went, no, I've seriously gone out and bought these as a joke for you. And he took them and he held them. And he was like, I feel so uncomfortable. And I was like, you know what? So do I now. (laughs) Because we're just two guys the day after Valentine. Not that there's anything, you know, that is totally fine. But that's, uh, that's not how we're orientated. And... Yeah, it, it we we had a bit of a, it was just it was just awkward for us. It made us feel awkward. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to gift those flowers to uh, a woman who was standing nearby, and she said no. Oh, he, he explains like my friend got these for me as a. Joke. Oh, that sounds like such a come yeah, on line. Yeah, I know, like I know. And she was like, no, thank you. But she was with, I I assume her date. So then we get to the front of the queue, and Black Panther's sold out. And I'm like, oh no, I have to wait an hour for the next one but we've got these flowers. And uh, the guy uh, the guy at the, the, the checkout bit, checkout, do you have those in cinemas? At the cashier's desk, whatever. He said, what's up? You know, that's how he greeted us. Wow. He was a cool cat. Apparently so. And we were like, I said, how sold out is Black Panther? And he said, well, let me have a look here. Blah, 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 blah. You've got this, there's two seats left in the entire thing i was oh there's two of us with my flowers uh there's this seat like b1 
So right at the front of the side, and there's this seat, B14, at the other side. So same row, but complete opposite sides of the cinema. And I was like, should we just do it? Should we just take those seats, Mario? And we were, just, we were not going to talk in the cinema anyway. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I, I looked back and I was what are these seats here? And there were four seats right in the middle of the screen. Really good seats that were yet They were a different colour to everything else. They were yellow. I said, what are those? And he went, oh, those are house seats. We can't sell those. And he actually winked at me. I was like, God, that's weird. That's like, what are they for like a fire safety thing? And he said, no, no, they're just seats we don't sell. Like anyone could sit there. <laughs> And he's obviously being a, a very cool guy right now. It was lost on me and Mario. Was, we were just like, that's so weird. That's so bizarre. Oh, well, guess we're sitting at opposite ends of the cinema. And he went, no, 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 no. We don't sell these seats. They're fine seats. But sometimes we just keep seats free. You could, anyone could sit there with a ticket. But it's, honestly, it still didn't go in. I was like, all right, okay, so we'll have the B, the two B seats. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. But you might want to note down the numbers of these four seats as well, you know, just for reference. And I looked at him and I looked at Mario and I looked back and I went, right, oh, thank <laughs> you so much. And I think he was like, no, play, play it cool. And I was like, oh, that's wicked, man. Thanks, cool seats. And yeah, we had like the best seats in the house. Nice. For an excellent movie. It is an excellent movie, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, really happy with it. Yeah, really, really chuffed. Because I got the following day, me and my wife, we were just, we were talking about it a lot. But we also had our Valentine's Day uh, celebrations on the on Saturday. Okay. If you remember a call last week, I said that we were going to just like we do our Valentine's stuff on the weekend after mm. Valentine's Day, and we take it in turns to sort it out. Uh, this year, my wife sent me on a scavenger hunt round Ricelip, which was wonderful. It was Get so you out cool. The house. Well, it was because she'd had other plans at the house. And it was wonderful and it was so cool. But at the same time, it's what I'd planned for her 30th. So I was like, oh. Oh, and she hasn't turned. She has turned 30. No, so she turns 30 next month. She's uh, not too uh, long after you. Yeah, of and I, I was already planning the scavenger hunt. So now I did say to her, I was like, uh, I actually had planned a scavenger hunt for you as well. Oh, uh, no. Now it just looks like I might be copying you. And it was a bit of yeah, But whatever. It was great. It got, <laughs> it got me out of the house. Uh, I can just imagine you stomping around on this lovely scavenger hunt, but in your back of your head, God damn. Now damn I need it. to think of something else. Um, like I had to go buy a bottle of wine, which mm -hmm. made me f the first thing I was just running errands, and then I was walking around our little rice lip village. And I just had a really nice time. I got to have a coffee and sit down and read my book for a bit. It was great. Mm. Um, and then I got back, and my wife had made breakfast burritos with bottomless champagne. So her idea was a bottomless brunch, mm. which is where you just drink lots of champagne and have food. Without trousers on. Or yeah, pants. Absolutely, Americans yeah. So we drank four bottles of Prosecco. Blimey. And then, it's not technically champagne. Not technically champagne, no. Uh, so sparkling wine. Sparkling wine, because it's not from the Champagne region, no, as, exactly. as Wayne's World taught me. Well, Prosecco is an Italian sparkling wine. All right. Yes. Calm down. Car you, go to, you go to one wine tasting Carver thing. is the Spanish version. <laughs> Got a one tasting menu, and all of a sudden, and, so but, uh, an iron brew is Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. I had uh, so we had four bottles of prosecco, and then I That's had a lot. two bottles each, and then I had a bottle of red wine to myself. Jeez, ooh, red's heavy. It you was, don't want to mix that with. Uh, I was white. stumbling about. My wife was falling asleep on the sofa because we watched a lot of films. Mm -hmm. We watched Ghostbusters, best film ever, obviously, and then we watched this new one on um, uh, Netflix, which is like. 
Groundhog Day meets the butterfly effect, where it's a guy who gets friend zoned by um, Alexandra Daddario from uh, San Andreas and she is and Baywatch an attractive fame. lady. And it's a it's a thumper from uh, or bumper rather from Pitch Perfect. Um, oh, he's he's very good. Adam Levine. That's it. Yes, that's yeah. his name. Yes, he has Jack Black levels of charisma. He's. I really enjoy him and everything he's done. And he's very funny in this. Yeah. But it's essentially he has been friend zoned. He was friend zoned the first night he met her. Mm. So he now has this found this ability to be able to go back to that night and relive it and try and change <laughs> one thing. And there's like a sort of butterfly effect element sure. to it. It's quite. It's good fun. It's you know it's a three star movie. It's perfectly fine. Do women ever get friend zoned? You never hear of a lady getting friend zoned. No, I, well, I don't know. Is it just a male thing? I think it might. Be. It's definitely a male term. Mm. Um, but that was, was we watched that, and we watched uh, Kick Ass Two, and we watched something else. What else we watched? I watched the Jim Carrey thing at the weekend. Did, what did you watch? Well, I watched the uh, the first episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, and it was Jim Carrey was the guest. Mm. He's bonkers. He is yeah, absolutely yeah. really Mad nice, like endearing. He's just it seems like a sweetheart. Mad as a box of frogs. Yeah. But yeah, just stumbling about all this shit. My wife had to go to bed. I finished off the wine, spilt it down my pajamas. And uh, I was an absolute state, mate. Mm. But it was good. We had a wonderful day. I'm glad. And then I was, Sunday, remarkably, not that hungover. Wow. Yeah. Well, some, you, you balance out the white with the red, don't you? That's, that's what so I thought, it's yeah. Fine. And then we went to a BAFTA party. We went to a BAFTA party. Went to our friend's house to watch the BAFTAs. Who does that? Is that an annual thing? No, it might be becoming an annual thing, though. But we just got there. It was just an excuse for us to hang out and and watch Mm. the BAFTAs. And um, cannot stand awards. No, it's boring, isn't it, mate? Like it's just. I mean, grown. The the best thing about the BAFTAs. Me too. (laughs) Oh, oh, I was going to say. I'm not souring on me too. I'm just saying, this this room of all these people. I don't want to. I've got no interest in being virtue virtue signalled by Hollywood actors. Oh, well, I mean, my favourite thing to come out of that was, um, did you see the Daily Mail? So the Daily Mail, because Kate Middleton, this, mm-hmm. is, this might not be very interesting to American listeners, but Kate Middleton, our Duchess... What are you Duchess, talking about? The Americans love our royalty. Oh, that's, that's true, they do, yeah. don't they? But Kate Middleton, our Duchess, she showed up to the event in green. So there was this kind of that's big... like all systems go harassers. Like, this is this media hoo-ha yeah. like, about the fact that, hey... Everyone was meant to be wearing black in support of me too. She's wearing green. And so the Daily Mail put that as like their headline of just like, uh, you know, uh, Kate Middleton shuns me too movement, blah, 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 blah. And all of their comments were very positive. It's just like, she's not a spokesperson. She's a very nice, she's a very nice lady. Mm. She looks really good in that. Blah, 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 blah. A few hours later, they changed the headline to uh, uh, something like Kate, Kate Middleton becomes media lefty lovey. Um, as she wears black sash was that in support of Me Too all of the comments were hating Kate Middleton Lovely. they just spun the story to get the rhetoric that they wanted it's fascinating to see you gotta yeah well that is uh... I don't know what to add to that so I'm gonna <laughs> go on to iTunes reviews back to the five star iTunes reviews Patrick more or less writes the Hurricane Helms of podcasts this podcast is always consistently a touch Above average. That's what we like Thank to you. see. And those are three wrestling emojis. Yeah, yeah. People wrestling. And the archangel of Thune writes support wrestle talk dot 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 
donate on Patreon. Cheers, lads. You guys are my favourite podcasters. So much so that every time I'm in the car, my son screams, <laughs> support Wrestle Talk. Your chemistry and wrestling knowledge is second to none. Keep up the great work. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Archangel of Thune and great. Archangel of Thune's offspring. That was uh, left the day before my birthday. Great. That's great. Oh, well, that's uh, all we've got time for today. But we will be back on Friday. So it's yes, we will. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is Elimination Chamber predictions. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean we've only got like four matches to to give yeah, predictions for. Be so a we quick can, show. <laughs> get through it quite quickly. Uh, but we'll see you then. Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.